It's a tough call. You know, Gosman's obviously one of our guys. Um, just trying to feel out with how he was going, where his location was. Obviously, like his velo a little bit more against Albert. Um, he was having a little trouble sticking it at the top of the zone tonight. So it kind of just worked out to where a fresh arm seemed like the best option. And, um, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, Trev's been really good for us lately. It just didn't work out tonight. That was John Schneider, the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, explaining his decision last night to go with Trevor Richards to take Kevin Gossman out of the game, go with Trevor Richards in the fifth inning. Trevor Richards giving up a home run to Albert Pujols. The Cardinals going on to win 6-1. to one. Was really nice. First of all, kudos to Shy for asking the only question that really mattered in the game. Uh, and kudos for John Schneider, to John Schneider for answering it the way he did. Um, he went on to say that, that a little later that the same situation, he'd do it again. And whether or not we agree, Kevin, with the decision, we, we, you know, we talked about this on, on uh, Blue Jays' talk after the game. Your first text to me was, well, who would you go with, Phelps? And I said, yeah, you're probably right. And then Phelps ended up pitching in the ninth inning with a 6-1 lead, and I kind of scratched my head about that. But whether or not you necessarily agree with who came in, the fact that John Schneider answered it the way it did, this was a, you know, this was kind of his, now he's, an, now he's a major league manager because all the stuff he's done up to this point has worked. Now he did something that backfired. So he is now officially a major league manager. Yeah, he's sure. joining the likes of Walter Alston, Whitey Herzog, I'm not and sure Joe backfired. Torrey. I'm not sure it backfired. He, he makes a decent pitch, doesn't throw a ball down the middle. He gets Albert it out. backfired. You didn't get the desired result, so it backfired. It doesn't mean that it was a bad decision. Yeah. As J.P. Ricciardi would I, again, often tell you, I, sometimes the right decision doesn't... I, I'm, not, I'm not always going to take up for a manager, but, but a lot of the times you have, to, you have to put the blame on the player. Don't throw the ball down the middle. Like, it's the big leagues. Make better pitches. Like, if, if Trevor Richards is going to be in your bullpen, what, what better time to that, throw him than the fifth inning of a baseball game point. down 3-1? to one Fair point. Against the guy who's 42 years old. Fair like point. I, and, I, it's and, Albert Pujols, and he's the greatest right-handed hitter that I've ever seen. Everybody's got their own opinion. My opinion is he's the greatest right-handed hitter that I've ever seen. But you got to make a better pitch. Don't throw it down the middle. And who are we to say that that's the wrong person to go to? Well, here, here, a couple of things need to be said. First of all, Albert Pujols was two for two against Kevin Gossman yesterday. Well, one of them was a was a slider away that was Fair off enough. the end of the bat. Oh, that okay, went down but the right I mean, still, line. still, he's two it for was, two. It was. He's two for two. Very so good. he's having comfortable at bats against Kevin Gossman. Uh, Kevin yeah. Gossman gave up pretty hard contact yesterday. So it's not as if John Schneider took a guy out who was dominating. Uh, and, and he also said something later on that I think is going to be absolutely key to watching games managed by John Schneider. And maybe the Jays also did this under Charlie Montoyo, but we just it was just wasn't explained to us. After yesterday's game, sorry, after the, the first game against the Cardinals, John Schneider talked about wanting to find a, quote, pocket for, to use a pitcher. Yesterday, before the game, I believe it was it was Bucker Dan in John Schneider's pregame media session, asked him about 
how he uses relievers, like what, what roles does he envision? And he talked again about finding pockets to use guys. And we heard last night, he talked about Trevor Richards. We were looking for a three batter pocket to use him. So essentially John Schneider went into the game thinking if Kevin Gossman gives us six or seven, then we kind of manage, you manage the game the way you'd normally manage game six or seven. In comes maybe Simber, maybe Garcia. Uh, here comes Jordan Romano. Boom, Bob's your uncle. If it goes a little haywire, you look for pockets to put guys in. Where, if I have to use Trevor Richards tonight, where can I best use him? Where can I put him in, put him in so that I, I give him the chance? He's got to face three. He's got the, the minimum. He's got to face a minimum number of batters. Where can I best utilize him? That is something I think, Kevin, we're going to need to keep in mind whenever we see John Schneider make a move, especially in a game like, like last night where he has to make a call in the middle innings. Yeah, for me, it's you're trying to play the hot hand. And he mentioned that, that he that Trevor Richards has been doing a good job. He's been locating the heater a little bit better, the arm speed on the changeup, the movement on the changeup, the velocity on the changeup. His confidence has been better since he's been back and, and had some more confidence in throwing those pitches and locating them a little bit better and being able to have better quality misses, harder takes. That's what you want to have coming out of a bullpen. If you don't throw a bazillion miles an hour, that's why we That's talk about point. throwing a bazillion miles an hour, is that allows you not to have to be so fine. When you throw 93-94, your misses have to be competitive. Like, that's a tough take out of the hand. Am I taking it? Am I taking it? Am I taking it? Oh, and it's that so close to the strike zone that you just don't know, right? As a hitter, your your takes are later. If you throw high-octane velocity, all of a sudden now you can miss down the middle, get away with it, you're late. So that's why we come on this show all the time and say Ross needs to go out and get a bunch of guys to throw a bazillion miles an hour because it matters this time of the year. Everybody's been grinding. You have more at-bats under your belt. Your bat might be slower. You can get away with it because you have high-octane velocity. And when you bring in a guy like Trevor Richards, you – you know, your manager is there to feel the room, read the room and understand his players and know what they're going through and how they're looking when they're on the mound. And for me, that's what I said. How do we, how do we know that that's the wrong guy? David Phelps, look, I like him because he can pitch to, to a hitter's weakness. But location with the, with the fastball and the cutter hasn't been great lately. I know he's having a good year. But it just at that time, he felt like the hotter hand to go to and the guy that could elevate the heater and have a better competitive miss with it was Trevor Richards. Yeah, and when we say the hot hand, people are immediately going to look at Trevor Richards' numbers and try to come up with what defines the hot hand. Uh, but you have to keep in mind that the Blue Jays' definition, what goes into their thinking is, is, is much more than what, than what we're able to see just by looking at stats. You know, you're talking about everything. It, again, all the analytics they have in their pitchers, all the the, the monitoring they do with their pitchers. It, it is just a simple, it's a simple fact that they have more information on their pitchers than anybody else does. And they, what they see that makes them feel comfortable may not be necessarily what everyone else thinks they see. That's, the only way I can put it, it is, well, especially, yeah. especially when you're dealing or, or, or you don't overthink it. You know, well, he's, especially he's, he's given up two runs coming into last night in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven and eight outings. Right. But that, I, that's the hot hand. Just but, don't overthink it. How many runs he given up in, in the last in July? But what I'm saying is two I, coming I, into last night, I, th I think that's it's what. I think it's 
I think it's a little more complicated than that. Uh, sometimes you can't it, overthink it. I think there has there, there there's a little more that goes into the bat that goes into the thought up process. And how old he is exactly and the, and the velocity on the heat. Uh, anyhow, the Jays lost six one. The Detroit Tigers are in town for the first of four games tonight. There was a trade made after the Jays game last night. We will be talking about it with Anthony Recker, MLB network analyst, former catcher at ten thirty. Also Susan Waldman, who covers the Yankees, the Yankees or sorry, the Yankees. Uh, Yankees radio broadcaster, the Yankees acquiring Andrew Benintendi from the Kansas City Royals for uh, pitching prospects Beckway, TJ Sikama, Sikama, and Chandler Champlain. Uh, completely underwhelming return. Now, let me mm. let me put a caveat here. Yesterday, Ross Atkins in, in his media availability talked about how there was a premium on trades made ahead ahead of the trade deadline. When I say underwhelming return, none of these guys were particularly highly ranked prospects in the Yankees list. They were like 19th, 20th. I don't even know if Chandler Champlain, frankly, was in their top 30. The usual caveats apply. The only thing that matters when it comes to a prospect's value is what the acquiring team thinks of him. Gabriel Moreno, as of yesterday, is Baseball America's top prospect. I guarantee you there are 20 teams in baseball that don't see him as the top prospect. I mean, that, that, or maybe they all do. My point is prospect rankings, as, as, as good as they've become, as representative as they be, have become, they're still just a group think analysis of a player. That's all they are. And all it takes is one of your trusted scouts to look at the Kansas City list and in the meeting with Brian Cashman say, Brian, we got to get Chandler Champlain. I've seen him. I saw him dominate. He's got this. He's got that. He's got that. Uh, you know, we need to get him in this deal. He's got to be part of the deal. For all we know, there may have been, made, there may have been more talk. Um, I'm sorry, the Kansas City Royals GM. There may have been more talk uh, in, the, in the Kansas City Royals uh, scouting meeting about the guys who aren't as good as Beckway. Beckway appears to be the guy that is the, the premier prospect here. Mm-hmm. So they have to have to keep that I would th- I would think it's the number. You know, maybe some teams that were trying to get Benintendi wanted to give up two two prospects instead of three prospects. Like, you know, you know, Andrew Benintendi, your definition of how good he is and how he can help your team may be different for every club that would yeah. want a left-handed hitter. Like, you know, he's, he's not a power guy. He's a bat-to-ball skills guy. He can use the entire field. He's decent against lefties. He's a pretty good defender, right? He's not going to hurt your team. It's sort of – and he adds balance to your lineup. He but, makes he makes the – But can he hit second for a really good team? That's yeah. the question you got to ask he, yourself. He makes, I mean, he makes the Yankees a better team because that means Joey Gallo is not in the lineup. And it also gives them – a little bit of added depth with Giancarlo Stanton on the IL. I with wonder that if he Achilles plays center injury. a little bit too. That would be I the question. Giving Judge a little time off, not that's, running around in center. That's a great point, especially yeah. if the J, if the Jays, if the Yankees are going to, if, if they go into the final two weeks and they've got an eleven and a half game lead uh, in the division, you may want to start picking your spots to give Aaron Judge a day off here or there. Now you've got. You've got Aaron Hicks, so you've got some options now in, in the outfield if you're if you're the New York Yankees. And of course, the sort of the other story here is according to all the reporting we're seeing, the Blue Jays are one of the teams interested in Andrew Benintendi. We've talked about this. He would certainly he profiles perfectly for this lineup. He gives them 
you get Andrew Benintendi and you can say adios to, to Bradley Zimmer. You've got a guy who can play center field. You've got a guy who can play any other outfield position. If, if you need, you got a guy who can DH if you want, if you've got that day where you want to catch uh, Alejandro Kirk and you want Vladdy at, 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 at first base, boom, there's your DH. He can, he can hit ninth there. He can lead he can off hit, and exactly. George Springer needs a day off. You, you, you can, can do whatever day. you want with him. Uh, of course, we know that he wasn't vaccinated because he uh, didn't accompany the Kansas City Royals up here. Now, John... Don't, don't chuckle. John Heyman reported on the MLB network this morning that Ben Intendi had told Judge and Cole at, at the All-Star game or at some point this year that, hey, you know, if... I mean... If I can come over here and win a World over Series, there, like I'll I, get Like the I said last night, right? I'll just I'll go to CVS. I'll roll up my arm and I'll say, okay... Give me a couple of jabs here. Give me the, give me your so give many, me your Johnson and Johnson. There's so many things wrong with saying that. There, uh, there oh, really it is. is. Basically, you just said the teammates that you left in Kansas City ain't worth me getting a shot over. Ain't yeah. worth it. I'm a man of principle. I'm doing my own research mainly because you guys suck, and I don't want any part of you. And I sure as hell don't want to have to go to Toronto so to help, you, wrong help your sorry asses out against the Blue Jays. But if it means going to the World Series, I'll gladly take the needle. I'll take twelve. I'm running. Like there. I'll, I'm running there. <laughs> I, I'm. I, he may have. For all we know, he may have jumped in the car last night and gone. As I said, gone to CVS or Walgreens or whatever the hell. Walked in, got a candy bar, got a, you know, some Red Bull, and said, "Come on, give it to me right now. Give it to me right now. Right in that arm. Can't wait. Can't wait to become a Yankee." So he'd that probably is, get it in his right arm because he's a left-handed thrower. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I'm left-handed, I got it in my right arm. Saying. Okay. Well, I do things left-handed, and it and it tends to hurt your arm. Okay, is my point. That really matters. Just just a damn needle. It's not going to hurt. <laughs> oh, sorry, tough guy. <laughs> no, it's just it's. You got yeah, all your shots you're, at you're one time. About, you're talking about you're talking about out thinking. How many it, man. can I get? I'll take all four. You're talking about out thinking. You're talking about out thinking. Just stick it in the whatever whatever part is dangling. That's the way I look at it. That's whatever it. part's out there, just stick the needle uh, in. Uh, so there you go. Andrew Benintendi, the first sort of trade deadline domino to fall for an underwhelming return, at least from where we sit, an underwhelming return. Uh, you know, don't don't get into the game about, well, let's see. If I look at the Blue Jays' 19th-ranked prospect and their 20th-ranked prospect and this guy, how come Ross Atkins didn't make that deal? Well, again, maybe the Kansas City Royals look at the Blue Jays' prospects and go, Pfft. you know, you just don't know. Maybe Brian Cashman was the first one to the table. Said, I'll give you three of them. Pick three. Here's, um, here's, here's seven names. And Brian Cashman. Pick three of them. Brian, Brian Cashman was also was also pretty clear yesterday that, you know, he need he, I mean, he needed he needed to give his team a shot. You know, talk about a shot in the arm. The Yankees the Yankees are showing a little they may have peaked too early, as you said. They've mm-hmm. got some pitching injuries now. They've got some guys that are kind of coming back to earth. The schedule we're getting into August, the dog days, all that stuff. Uh, coming off a series against the Mets, you just saw Max Scherzer kind of stick it up your, you know what? And, I don't, don't read too much into that. No, Garrett, well, Garrett Cole didn't pitch. He could, he yeah, could but, probably but Kev, what I'm saying, what games. I'm saying is, it, this is when you look at what the Yankees have done this year. This is kind of the the, the most sluggish they've looked. So Brian Cashman said, you know, I, yeah, I'll do something to give the boys sluggish a little is bit. A of, really good work. I'll give the boys something, uh, a, a little boost. It will be fascinating this weekend with the Tigers coming into town because the Tigers and Jays match up perfectly in terms of what the Tigers have. The Tigers have uh, 
pitching. They've got bullpen pitching. They, they've put the Scooble kid allegedly in the trade block, although I'm not buying it. Mm-hmm. But that's sort of what everybody says. The Tigers expected to be better this year than they are. The Tigers expected to be in a position to contend for the division title next year, if not this year. This year for the Tigers has been a step backwards. It hasn't even been a step sideways. It's been a step backwards, but they still got enough young players and they still got money committed to guys like Javier Baez that suggest they're not going to strip everything down. So they're going to want to make they're going to want to make a baseball deal. Reboot. But man, reboot is a good word. They you know, if you you look at what the Jays need, it's is a pretty good match with with the Detroit Tigers. So be, I made this point the other day. We saw and I can't remember the year it was when Gordash acquired Esteban Loaiza, mm-hmm. and it, it was when Texas was here. I think it was with Texas. He was here anyhow. He just moved clubhouses. It was <laughs> moved the clubhouse. I think it was the Friday night deal. Moved out of the visitors' clubhouse. Moved into the Jays' clubhouse. Took us fourteen cell phones. I remember with him from the uh, from the the visitors' clubhouse to the Jays' clubhouse, and that happens. You know, well, I mean, Andrew Benintendi, the Royals and Yankees are playing are playing. Uh, this weekend, and Andrew Benintendi. It almost makes too much them. sense with, the, with Detroit and, and the Blue Jays to make a move. Two thousand, Lance Kennedy telling me, oh, "Boy, that, that Lance, that's like sixty years ago for me." Two thousand, but thank you for reminding me. The Esteban Loaiza deal. So Andrew Benintendi, who's basically said to the Kansas City Royals, <laughs> "See you, suckers. See you, vaccinated pieces of crap." He's going to face the Royals first series. You know what I do if I'm a Royals pitcher? Nothing. First pitch. Strike him out. Boom. Right What's in the tuchus. Right in the tuchus. What's that going to Just because. Just, 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 if you're Kansas City, why would you care if he gets vaccinated now? Yeah. It would have been nice if you'd been with us when, in Toronto. Would it have made that big of a difference? Oh, oh sorry wanna, about that. want to answer that? I'm, no, I'm getting information. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh... Anthony Record joins us in a few minutes. Ross Stripling. So much going on today. Forgot about that. Ross Stripling of the Blue Jays will be along in the 11 o'clock hour. It's a great show. We got, uh, all, we got all, trivia. We got tickets for August covered. 14th game against the uh, Cleveland Guardians as well. So there you go. Uh, what else? Mark Shapiro. Big day for uh, Jays fans today. Mark Shapiro will address the media around noon or 1230. I think the, uh, the Jays will unveil the plans for the Rogers Center uh, renovations, which I believe are going to are going to start this off season. And um, if you look good, you play good, isn't that the saying? It's no, it's no. Yeah, I haven't for, I, for a player. You know, if you're going to be a really good team, you want your the stadium that everybody wants yeah. to come to and look at, and sort of goes hand in hand for me. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. You know, we'll see what the renovations what the renovations sure look like. Nice. They've they've kept them pretty much under wraps. Uh, you know, you, there have been sort of drips and drabs here and there, things things you hear about the ballpark. But uh, you know, they, all indicate all all indications are that there will be they will be significant. They'll be more than slightly more than slightly cosmetic. Make it more inviting. Look look eh, at that. Yeah, you give it a little I, more. I, I know when I play, when I played there, it had, it had a little bit of a wet feeling. Like like it's just it's like it, when the when the roof was when the, too much damn concrete. Oh, why there you go. So it's the same thing. Yeah, it just it it just felt like it was you know it needed a need a little warming up. Like. Ah, open. Oh, I I think a lot of the things, again, not having seen anything, I like the idea of opening the concourses a little more, just getting more I natural light in. 
Because I, I and, and I'm sure they'll probably do something with the seating, with the angles of some of the seats and, and things like that. And there'll be more bars and stuff put all over the place. Because cool. that's, that's the way... I mean, that's the way it's going in baseball stadiums now. You got to have sort of City fan experience. Yeah, you got to have fan experienced areas. So, different sort of bar here. Um, I know the, uh, the uh, Golden State Warriors in their new arena, they have a bar where you can go while the game is on and, and eat and watch the game without actually, you don't actually have a ticket. You have a ticket to get into the bar, but you're not, you're at the game but you can only watch the game in TV. Huh. And so you, you'll see areas like that, fan experience areas. Uh, so we'll get more details. Anything on to get more people watching baseball, I'm for it. Uh, we talked about last night's 6-1 loss. We haven't talked yet about Adam Wainwright, Uncle Charlie. So there's a lot of I, I, about I, Vladdy getting thrown out at third base in the first inning. There, there, like there was that, that was seemed to be a big deal, big talking point. And I, and I, I didn't see anything wrong with it. Like okay. I, I, th- I thought if you learn how to slide and do a pop-up slide, you, you, you start your side slide a little bit more on your side to where your foot that you're sliding and hitting the bag with is a little bit more sideways so that when you hit the bag, you pop up, he's safe. And then everybody's yelling and screaming about how aggressive it is because of who's on the mound and who's hitting. It gives them a better chance of maybe stealing mm. a run early in the game. And you think... Uh, so I like it. And, yeah. And, I and, like the aggression. And John Schneider went up to talk to him after the game. And, and you think... and I Well, and, it wasn't after the game. It was I'm sorry, the pardon game. me. It was during the game. But you surmised... I think probably right that because Vladdy was gesturing to review and they didn't review it. And then when you saw the play, there was no reason pass for the review. And I think John, John Schneider was saying to him, because we remember that one of the last, one of the lingering images of the dying days of Charlie Montoyo's managerial career was, uh, you know, Vladdy at first base motioning, don't review it, don't review it. And the Jays going ahead and reviewing, it's not a good look. And John Schneider just went up and I'm sure he just said, Hey, you know, appreciate it, but you know, there's we got our job in the dugout. You do your job. We got our job in the dugout. Let us let us maybe, worry. Maybe about that. I, I, for me, it's, it at least looked the optics of it looked like he was given an expl- explanation on why he didn't review the play. Yeah, like he was telling him why. I, okay, why didn't you? I was throwing my hands up because I thought I was I stayed on the bag. And that's the manager's job is to go over and give an, an, a reason why they didn't do something. For me, I didn't see anything of why'd you do it. Don't make the last out at third base. Yeah. You know, you want your your base runners to be individuals and make up their own mind. And for me, when you see an outfielder, the ball's deep enough that doesn't have his shoulders lined up towards the target that he wants to throw it to, and he's right-handed thrower, and he has to turn his body. If he makes a better slide, he's safe. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, it was a good play. It's just a bad slide. Continue to do it. You Sometimes against the guy you're facing on the mound and you can tell that he was feeling the breaking ball already in the first inning, you make it. What you, try, did, you try and push the envelope a little bit. What did you think of Kevin Gossman? Didn't have a slider, didn't have fastball command. When you don't have those two things, it, it eliminates the split finger. I mean, he threw some decent split fingers. He had two of them. He had the 12-6 one, and he had the one that went a little 11-4, which had the little you know, more sync to it than it did off the table movement. So he's trying to steal a strike with it. He's trying to add that element of surprise where it looks like a heater because it's a little higher. So it's not breaking, you know, 12-6 now so they can take it, right? Mm -hmm. They're taking some of those because they see it down. They think they can't hit it, so they're taking it, and it makes him throw more pitches, and it sort of gives him more information to where big moments, they can take the better split finger. So he's tried to add... 
you know, maybe putting more pressure on the thumb, having it move side to side a little bit more. I saw him trying to throw change-ups. I, it's very hard to tell the difference. But it looked to me like the 82, 83s more change-up, threw a couple of those. The 86, 87, 85, 86, 87 is a split finger. Now he's throwing two different ones of those. But for me, it all feeds off the fastball command. When he doesn't have that, it's very tough for him to get hitters in swing mode. And he didn't have the slider. And he's come on this show and said he has to have the slider now. Just because the two-pitch thing, the word's out. Uh, they've made an adjustment on how much they're swinging at it and how much they're not swinging at it. Now he needs the slider. He didn't have that. It was a grind. You say Kikuchi will get the start for the Blue Jays tonight, fresh off his uh, Buffalo Bisons Player of the Week award. And uh, Tyler Alexander will get the start for the Detroit Tigers. But uh, the news, a lot of the baseball world, most of the baseball world is talking about today. The New York Yankees made the first significant acquisition, I guess, if you want to call it that, of trade season. They've acquired Andrew Benintendi in the process, taking him away from one of their competitors, the Toronto Blue Jays. Anthony Recker is a former major league catcher. He's one of MLB Network's new analysts and a good one. And Anthony Record joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360, the Sportsnet Radio Network. Uh, what else am I forgetting? Oh, yeah, wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. fake news that we have too many power hitters, too many sluggers. That's fake. <laughs> we got we got savages in the lineup and really good hitters. Ben Attendee's a great hitter. Gets on base at a really high clip, hits from the left side, so yeah, gives you some balance. So if 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 we get him, that's that's another really good big league hitter to add to the mix that's gonna lengthen out our a lineup and potentially give you that balance you look for. So um, if we get him, I'll be excited to write his name in. Well, then Aaron Boone is going to be excited writing his name in. Thanks to our friends at the Yes Network. That was Yankees manager Aaron Boone. At, at the time, the acquisition of, of Andrew Benintendi was not, was not official. Uh, it is now official. The Kansas City Royals are receiving three pitching prospects in return. As we said, the, the initial reaction from... Folks who pay attention to these things with that is that the return was a little a little underwhelming for a guy who was considered to be the premier left-handed bat on the market, at least publicly on the market, not named Juan Soto. You know, Juan Soto's in a different level. Andrew Benintendi was the guy whose name has always been out there, a guy whom it appears as if the Jays had some interest in, you know, despite the issue over vaccines. But uh Kevin Aaron Boone. You it's know? awesome. Well, he is. Yeah, there, there are days Those where... conversations that he has is just it. For a manager to have to talk as much as he does in a market that he has to talk, the words that come out of his the mouth savages. sometimes are like it is it's like just, the same thing you talked about as bullpen awesome. last year. It's tremendous. It does what it does do for the Yankees. It gives them a ton of options, even if Giancarlo Stanton you know, is only out for a for a week or so with the Achilles injury. You've still got an Andrew Benintendi, a guy who makes contact, a left-handed hitter. I mean, he profiles perfectly for that lineup. He can play center field if you want to give 
If you're 11 and a half games up on September 12th and you want to give Aaron Judge a day off or move Aaron Judge to right field or do some things, see, it's a perfect See, for me, it's not about that. It's about a guy that you can put in your lineup that can hit good pitching. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Recker is a former MLB catcher. He's now an MLB network analyst, and we're very pleased that he joins us on Blair and Barker. Anthony, thank you for doing this. Uh, really enjoying your stuff in the MLB network, and uh, we, we do appreciate your time. Um, so what is the mood, at least as far as you can ascertain this morning, the mood around the Yankees, the mood in New York City after this acquisition coming as it did after a series, you know, after that, that, that loss to the New York Mets last night. Hey guys. Yeah, it's good to be on. Um, look, I think with, with Andrew Benintendi coming over, uh, the Yankees obviously coming off of that subway series, uh, a couple of losses. Uh, I wouldn't say the mood was ever down. This this team's been pretty much in control of, of the division for the entire season. Uh, you know, they, they haven't really let off the gas pedal until recently. Uh, they've run into a little bit of bad form. But, you know, this is one of those things where you you make a move at a time when the trade deadline's coming up. The timing couldn't be more perfect for them. Anytime you make a move, that clubhouse just the spirits lift like you you just see your organization your front office going for it making moves to whether it's plug holes or just adding talent and and Andrew Benintendi is a supremely talented young man so anytime your front office is doing things like that for you in the clubhouse you just start to you know you you feel the energy it it just feels better it feels um it's more excitement. Like, like, okay, this is that time of year now. We are preparing for the playoffs. We're preparing to make that run. And, you know, in that clubhouse, I'm sure those guys feel that and they're, they're ready to get going. In New York, as far as the fans go, they're excited. Uh, they've, been, they've been excited all year, and they are uh, definitely excited to see somebody uh, come into this lineup who can really solidify uh, the middle of it. As far as not just the power, but – setting the table for the other guys, right? DJ, DJ LeMay, who's been the one to do that for the most part. Aaron Judge has been an MVP. Stanton's out right now, but when he's been healthy, he's been very good this year. Anthony Rizzo has provided power. But Benintendi is your – he's going to put together great ABs every time he's mm-hmm. up. Uh, he's, your, he's your team guy. He's your guy that's going to move the lineup over and just get on base for them. And, and to be honest with you, in that ballpark, I don't care if he hasn't shown a ton of power in his career – He's going to hit some homers. So uh, it, it could be a, a DJ LeMahieu-esque type move where didn't have a lot of power, didn't show a lot of power before he got there, and all of a sudden the power numbers kind of jump when he gets there. Okay, well, yeah, Jeff mentioned that the, the Yankees just finished uh, playing the Mets and the Mets took two games. Uh, flip this over to the Mets side. What can the Mets take mm-hmm. away from beating a good team? You know, not maybe not the best team in the American League because the Astros are pretty good. I know the, 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 the Yankees have a better record, but – how, what can the Mets take away from that? I, I would agree with that, first of all. I think the Astros, the way their roster sets up right now, uh, they look like a very deep, very talented pitching uh, lineup, bullpen. They look like they have it all, especially if they may make a move or two. But uh, outside of that, I think the Mets, uh, they really – I think this is a big confidence builder. Not that they needed it. I think they've been playing very well all season. They've been very consistent. They haven't had any long ruts where they've – you know, had like losing streaks or, or you know, lost eight out of ten. They, they've been very consistent all year. But I think the one thing that's happened in the last month and a half, two months, is that Braves team has really turned it on. And whether you want to think about it or not, in that clubhouse, you start to 
Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah, we had an we had an eleven game lead. Now it's now it's one and a half, two games, whatever it is. Uh, you know, so that can that can at least add a little pressure in that clubhouse. But you come in, you take two from the Yankees, the, your your New York rivals. It doesn't mean as much in the clubhouse as it does to the fans. But you feel that energy during the series, and it's just a fun series to be a part of. And you take those two games, and you can move on. Uh, you know, into this trade deadline, see what other moves they make. They're going to have some excitement because they're going to make some moves. And, uh, you know, I think, I think as far as they go, they're, they're very excited, and it's a confidence booster. It just gives you that extra oomph that, okay, yeah, we can get this done. I remember in 15, we went into Washington, and we took swept a series from Washington in Washington, and that was like the, that was the thing that put us over the top, that gave us the confidence to say, okay, yeah, we could be a World Series team. And I think that's that can be what this series was for the Mets. Yeah, it it, it really is. There, it, it's funny how with almost every good team, Anthony, at the end of the year, regardless of whether the team wins the World Series or not, if it's a good team and it's gone to the postseason, you can look back and pick a series. You, you just can't. You can look back and pick a series or a game. 2015, I believe that was when John Gibbons thought he was going to be fired as manager uh, uh, of the Blue Jays. Kevin Pillar hits, it was Max Scherzer. Yep. He hit a couple of homers off Max Scherzer in the doubleheader. Jays win the game. And it was like, from that point on, it was, it, it was just like somebody flipped the switch and whatever happened before is forgotten. Absolutely. It's, it's such a great feeling being in that clubhouse when those moments happen, when you go through a series like that or a game like that. And all of a sudden, it, it, that's what's so much fun about sports, right? It, it really can be one game, one instance, one swing, one pitch can change the whole outlook of your season, good or bad, mm. good or bad. And it's, it's so much fun to be a part of it when it's, when it's a positive, when things start going right and, and you run down the end of the stretch run of the season and you're just putting together win after win after win, and it feels like you can do no wrong. It feels like no matter what, you're down a couple of runs late in the game, you know you're going to come back and win that game. And that's the kind of thing that uh, you know those confidence boosters can have on you. The perfect guy to ask about this. Is there still a, a Mets Yankees thing? You know, I covered the Subway series <laughs> and when, when, you know, the whole Piazza and, and Clemens incident happened yeah. and, and it, you know, it was a, it was a great series to cover. There were a lot of storylines. It was a dud in terms of TV numbers, but is it the Yankees and Mets? Is that really, for those of us who aren't in New York, is that a thing? Yeah. I think among the fans, yes. Among the fans, there's, it's a huge deal. But among the players, no. Uh, you know, there's no big beefs. There's no big, you know, like, uh, we hate these guys. And it, it's not like that, uh, at least not right now. Look, that can change. You mm-hmm. never know. Um, they meet in the World Series and play seven games in a row. And, you know, you start to have some of those instances where uh, someone gets hit or someone throws at someone. Or uh, I do remember last year there was a, a fun uh, back and forth between Stanton and Lindor hitting homers back and forth in a game and giving each other some flack. But that kind of stuff is just more uh, some gamesmanship. Uh, I, I wouldn't say between the players it's it's a big rivalry necessarily, but it's fun. Like I said, you feel that energy in the city from, from the fans, and that's really what it comes from, and it just gives you that extra adrenaline during the game. So uh, I don't want to downplay it because it it's, it's a great series, and it's really fun to be a part of. It's really fun to cover. Uh, it's, it's definitely a fun time to be in New York. So, the, but it, it's not quite the same in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Anthony, as you know, the, the network that you work for, a lot of the people around you picked the Blue Jays to go to the World Series. And I want to get your thoughts on – it's been a grind for the Blue Jays. They've had they've went through some yeah. things. They've had some people that 
you know, haven't lived up uh, to performances that they have lived up to before. So I, I just want to get your thoughts on what you think about the Blue Jays, and, and do you still feel good about them? I still feel very good about them because, realistically, I haven't seen them play their best baseball this year. I have not seen Bo Bichette put together weeks at a time where he's locked in. I have not seen Vlada Guerrero put together weeks at a time where he's locked in, maybe early in the year, but it hasn't happened of late. He's had a great season, don't get me wrong, but it's not quite the numbers he put up last year. Uh, I haven't seen that pitching staff consistently go out there one through five, you know, that starting rotation. And they've had some injuries. They've had some, some uh, underperformance, too. And I think they still have a chance with where they're at. They're still in playoff position. So when you talk about that and then you talk about the fact that their best ball, baseball could still be in front of them, that's exciting to me. That's the kind of stuff that I look at. You know, I think about them and I think about the White Sox. Very similar situations. Obviously, the Blue Jays have still performed much better this year than the White Sox have, although they seem to start, you know, seem to be starting to get it going. But the talent, they have so much talent, both these teams, that if they get hot at the right time, they have just as good a shot as anyone because they are so supremely talented to make a run in the World Series. Do you think fans should be worried a little bit about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. taking a little step back? You know, the, the performance and all the things that go into you know, he's an MVP candidate last year. So far this year, he's not really been that. Do you think fans should be worried about that? I don't think so, no. Look, he's still so young. He's 23 years old. I mean, at, at 23, I was still learning things about this game and making adjustments mm. at 35 in my mm. last season. There is no reason to panic on him, no reason to worry. Now, if, if the work ethic goes away, if he starts seeming like he's okay being a really good player and not a great player, that's when you might start to worry. That's when you might just start, start to say, okay, are the adjustments going to come because he's not working hard? I don't see that. I see a kid who loves the game, who loves to play the game, and who loves to work at the game. Uh, he made a commitment, and you could see it before last season, that he was going to really get after it and, and be a great player in this game. And it hasn't stopped. It hasn't wavered. Just going through sometimes, you got to make adjustments. The league's going to adjust to you. You make adjustments to the league. He'll be okay. Anthony, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. Great stuff. Thank you. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. It's Anthony, Anthony Recker of the MLB Network and a former catcher, catcher with the Mets, the Braves, uh, I believe the Cubs as well. So he has firsthand experience uh, with, with the Subway Series. Well, when Jacob DeGrom comes back, I, I wonder how that catcher-pitcher relationship is going to matter in New York. You know, I... Thank you for mentioning that because one of the things I just scribbled down before he came in the air, Buck Showalter, uh, uh, Jacob DeGrom, at least according to Buck Showalter, his next start will be for the Mets. That's awesome. So his next, he will be back. I I, you want to talk about a trade deadline acquisition. Absolutely. This is pretty good. But I, w I wonder how it is because there, there's there's obviously something going on there. Uh, right? It's the, we, we always compliment him on how good his, his mechanics are. And, and Sorry, there's something going on. What, what well, do you no, mean? it's just, fly, you know, the injuries that he's went through oh, okay. and how hard he throws. And right. there, there's been rumblings about, you know, back off a little bit. Don't throw as hard. Throw more two you seamers. You know, don't try and throw nine. 99 all the time. Will there be adjustments made there? Will he have to make adjustments? And do you want him to make adjustments? That, that'd be interesting to, look, to, to watch at too, because he's a big deal. I'm with you. That's, you know, you, you're, you're getting one of the best pitchers in baseball back. That's a big deal. Well, speaking of catcher pitcher relationships, you say Kikuchi is getting a start tonight for the Blue Jays after that, uh, after that start in Buffalo and after a, bullpen session where the Jays, Pete Walker, I think Danny 
Jansen caught him in the bullpen session. They they talked about how it's always the case with Issei Kikuchi, mind you. you know, it was a great bullpen. Stuff was electric. Stuff was, I mean, all the good stuff. They have asked him to make some adjustments. Now, he's had a couple of weeks to do this. They're giving him a bit of a soft landing against against the Detroit against the Detroit Tigers. Uh, probably one of the few teams right now that you'd be comfortable putting him in against. Um, what are you hearing and what do you think the Jays need to see from Kikuchi? And if you're the Jays, now Danny Jansen caught yesterday, but if you're the Jays, Danny Jansen's got to catch Kikuchi tonight, well, does well, he not? I, I, well, I am told he is catching. He is catching. You say Kikuchi tonight, so that so that that will be a good thing. I, I know we we got some stats. You write those stats down yeah. about who, uh, who's caught. You say he's. I mean he he. Everybody's, everybody's caught, caught except for you and I. Uh, <laughs> Zach Collins has caught him twice. The uh, dearly departed Mike Heineman caught him four times. Alejandro Kirk's caught him twice. Moreno Moreno's caught him four times. Danny Jansen's caught him four times. The starts with Danny Jansen, he has pitched to an ERA of 3.60, which is his best. It's the best ERA in terms of uh, catcher-pitcher relationship sure. well, or catcher-pitcher combination. Well, you, you wonder why the first question you'd have to ask yourself is, why Danny Jansen? And, and if you watch you say Kikuchi pitch, I mean, if you want to work through that and watch him pitch, how much thought goes into actually him being on a mound and thinking his way through what he wants to throw and when he wants to throw it. Having Danny Jansen behind the plate sort of minimizes that, where he doesn't have to think about it as yes. much. It's He puts the finger down, he throws it. He puts the finger down, he throws it. There's not as much shaking off. That's a big deal. That athletic delivery and all those things, I'm not real sure what that means. There's a lot of things that go into that. I do know they're trying to to make his arm slot a little bit more natural yeah, to where it's not as high, right? He wanting to get on top of it where right. it's moving more and the cutter's moving more it's, and the slider where he can get the arm slot up to have it break more. But I think they're wanting it a little bit more natural where he doesn't have to try and get it up there. That's the word. So it's a that's little bit word. more right. It's, it's not so much when he lifts his leg. I don't think it's that. I just think now it's the arm slot to where it'll be a little bit more three-quarter. It's not so much stripling. You know, stripling's way up there, iron might kind of thing. Like, it's way up there where they wanted it, where the breaking ball, the slider, it's better, it has more break to it. That's just not natural for him. So they want that arm slot to where when it comes the break out of the glove, and he's getting it up. It's just natural. It goes there on its own. Mm-hmm. He's not thinking about getting it there. Because when he's thinking, <laughs> that's when the fastball goes all over the place. So with Danny Jansen, the arm slot, you know, the, and the velocity, I would think he's a big deal. The other thing I wonder, too, with, with, with Danny Jansen is one of the things I think we all agree that you say Kikuchi has to do is – I mean, obviously he's got to locate his fastball, but that splitter has to has to come back into play for him because it's a it's a good pitch. And one thing we know about Danny is Danny is good. And we've 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 seen it with Gossman. He's good working, convincing catchers or convincing pitchers to throw the splitter. I I, I would think it's location of where he wants to set up. It's outer thirds, inner thirds, not down the middle. Can't throw even though it's got a little life to it and it's hard to pick up and it it's, seems like it's tough on a hitter. You still want to be outer thirds. Don't throw it down the middle. So you aim big. Mm-hmm. You don't set up on the black. 
You ain't you you set up quicker. You give the target sooner. Like you do all those things to you know. It's sort of like he's starting over, and you just want to make it as simple as possible because he has good stuff. And if he can get the arm slot where it needs to be, and he's not overthinking it, and you have that catcher doing all the thinking for him, and he doesn't abuse a pitch like the cutter, and occasionally if he tries to and he's shaking to it, maybe you run out there. And Danny Jansen seems to be the guy that has a you know can raise his hand and run out there and have that. What do you expect from him? I have no idea. I, like, I can come on here and tell you you want six innings of, of two-run ball. I, do you have any idea what you're going to get from him? Oh, God, no. I don't. I have no. no idea. I don't think Pete Walker knows. I don't think the organization knows. But I do think they know Danny Jansen's a better option. They've simplified the arm slot. Uh, they've given him confidence by letting him step away from, from it a while, which is sometimes a big deal for certain guys. But I will say this, there's certain times, you you mentioned it about facing certain teams and there's certain games of a season for teams. I think this is a game for you, say, Kikuchi. Like, if he has a bad one, you may not see him again. Like, they can't be messing around. Like, they mm. can't give him a longer leash and you have Max Castillo coming in in the third inning and that disrupts every single thing that they're trying to do game one of a series, even if it is Detroit. Like, you can't be having that. So, I do think for the individual it's a big start to at least tell everybody that I'm okay. I can at least compete and give you a chance to win. I may not go seven innings, but I can at least go five innings of two-run ball. So I think it's a big deal for him what to go out there and do things. Yeah, I mean, the simplest way to look at it is, is you say Kikuchi is pitching for a job as the Jays' fifth starter. That That's what he's, that's, that's what he's pitching for right now. I don't think it necessarily changes the Jays' approach at the trade deadline, uh, you know, if you say Kikuchi has a good outing and the, and the Miami Marlins, Kimming calls uh, Ross Atkins tomorrow and says, hey, are you interested in Pablo Lopez? I don't think Ross Atkins is going to go, well, no, not after we saw Kikuchi go five and a third against the Tigers. Yeah, we're not interested. You can, you know, keep your Pablo Lopez. And uh, But if you got any relievers that throw 81, we might, no, he oh, wouldn't do that. Oh, be nice. Uh, you can keep your Pablo Lopez and and and, and we'll go we'll go elsewhere. Uh, but I think a, a good start by you say Kikuchi at least, at least, it leaves the or, it leaves the organization feeling a little better because they got this guy for another couple of years. And for for me, it, it, it I think not just the, one the people playing behind wrong. him. I, the, not, pe- not just one. Forget about the organization. It's the people playing behind him. At, at least better. they're not dreading him being on the mound. And you forget about the. You know, it's the optics of the whole thing, the fans watching, the organization. Obviously, we want him to do well because it's a, it's an easier watch and it makes their team better. But the people that actually have to play behind him and stand out there and watch him shake off a bazillion times and not be able to self-correct and keep a fastball in the strike zone when they just drop three for 36 on you. And you laugh at me every time I say the money part of it, but it's a big deal that mm. you gave $36 million to the number five starter. Well, you want him to be able to at least have the presence enough to be able to, if he throws a bad one, maybe step off the mound and go, hmm, I threw that in a bullpen, and this is what I did to correct it, and I'm not going to do it seven times in a row. Maybe that's what we need to see. Be useful. That, that, that's, uh, you know, again, even, even if he has a good start tonight, uh, if he can he might even be able to, to slide into the role Ross Stripling filled in the bullpen. That may be where where this is going right now, at least. 
Uh, but he's he's pitching for a role in this team going forward. Uh, you know, Dan Duquette used to have a line or used to have a phrase talk about a a, a responsible role in the team, which, you know, they're one year. There, there are two roles. One, you're a guy who's in the mm-hmm. bullpen. You're a guy. Trent Thornton was a guy. Now, the other one is you've got a responsible role, which means, hey, if this game is close, stay ready because we may be, we may be calling on you. Uh, so, yeah. It, I still it, challenge you about the, the bullpen thing. I, 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 he's left-handed in a division with a bunch of right-handed power yeah, hitters. I, 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 I just don't know when you'd use him. I mean, well, we, we it, challenged John Snyder last night about Trevor Richards yeah, but Kev, against a right-handed forty-two-year-old. You, you are going to ever use him. You are going to have games where you're down, where you're down seven nothing in the eighth inning or seven one in I the mean, eighth inning. I mean, that's Jeremy Beasley. That's not a guy well, you I, gave thirty-six million dollars to. No. That's my point here. Is it's either he's either a starter this year or he's in the minor leagues. Yeah, I don't. I mean. That, that's just kind of counterintuitive. You just gave $36 million to a guy, and now he's in the But minors. you're trying to win. doesn't matter. He can If he's not going to hurt you, you can stick him in the bullpen. Okay. We'll see. Hopefully, they have, hopefully they don't have that conversation, and he's good, and he can throw strike one, and he's good or with he two Or he could always develop another stiff neck. Those injuries do have a way of happening. There's, it is remarkable. It's crazy, right? It is. Or could get, as I said the other day. You know, well, Jeff, maybe he was Jeff really Gilhooly. hurt. Jeff Maybe, Gilhooly, maybe right? that was the problem. Whack you in the side or something like that. Oh, God. Bleak injury. Ross Stripling of the Blue Jays joins us next. Susan Waldman, she's going into the Radio Hall of Fame. It's a really big deal. She also, of course, is the Yankees broadcaster. We'll talk to her about the just concluded Subway Series. The Yankees trade for Andrew Benintendi and Jack Curry reporting that the Yankees are really, really, really interested in Luis Castillo. Why not? It's Blair and Barker on 590, 360. Sportsnet Radio Network and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.